Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So, Abhimanyu got married to Uttara and Krishna, Balaram, Sattaki and other Jadus came there. And at that time they decided Krishna they had an they had a meeting with the Pandavas and Virat and Drupad and all the allies. So they all got together and they had a meeting and in that meeting Krishna actually suggested that if the Kauravas voluntarily do not give the kingdom back, they must be prepared to fight. However, they should wait till Durjodhan expresses his intention. That is, Krishna didn't want the, the Pandavas to provoke the war, but he wanted the, it to come from the Kaurava side, from Durjodhan's side. And <coughs> Then it was decided to that they should send a messenger, and the messenger went uh, and reported that with the message that please uh, give the kingdom back to the Pandavas. Their share of the kingdom should be given back to them. But. Uh, Dhritarashtra replied that we will send our reply soon. We won't give the response right now. Sanjayo would go soon, expressing our intention. And a few days after that, Sanjay actually went to Virat's uh, uh, kingdom, where Pandavas were staying, and made a uh, made a presentation and the sum and substance of his presentation was that Yudhishthir you have been living in the forest for 12 years so continue to live in the forest <laughs> <laughs> and after all it's not good to see so many you are a very noble person so it is not good to have uh, uh, such a family feud so you just accept it, avoid fighting at all costs and it would be better for you to live in the forest and live the rest of your life begging as beggars and <clears throat> so uh, that was the sum and substance of the presentation and Maharaj Yudhishthir asked Krishna to speak And Krishna then assured Sanjay that he is a well that first he assured that he is a well-wishing friend for both Kauravas and Pandavas. And he doesn't want any uh, conflict. He wants a peaceful settlement, peaceful situation. And <clears throat> however, a Kshatriya's sacred duty is to fight for the righteous cause, for the right cause. It's the duty of a Kshatriya to fight for the right cause. And Durjadhan and his allies are cheating them. 
and Yudhishthira Maharaj is so noble that although he knew that he has been cheated, he has been deceived, still he accepted the condition and stayed in the forest. And now that he has, it is over, his kingdom should be given back. To, at least his share of the kingdom should be given back. And he also told that if Dhritarashtra and other Kurus elders had not allowed Draupadi to be insulted, then he could have excused them. Krishna is saying, if they did not allow Draupadi to be humiliated, then he could have excused them. But they just stood there like some, a bunch of imbecile fools. So that's why he, he cannot tolerate their action. And he also predicted that because Karna has spoken crudely to Draupadi, calling her the code of a slave and urging her to accept another husband because Dushashan has mocked the Pandavas as they dressed in deer skin while preparing to depart for the forest and because Shokuni had arrogantly suggested that since Yudhishthir lost everything, he should wager his wife, that he is the one who provoked. Okay, you lost everything, now you stake your wife. These three persons are doomed for destruction. Nothing can prevent their destruction. Their only atonement would be if they would voluntarily give Yudhishthira Maharaj back his kingdom with great respect. So then uh, Sanjay goes back and reports. Actually we see San this is the duty of a messenger. Messenger is like a tape recorder. He doesn't say his words. He simply repeats what had been told to him. And so that's what he did. And when Vidura go back, uh, when uh, Sanjay went back and reported, then we can see he was telling that I saw their arrangement, their army. <coughs> it's something that causes fear in the heart. And besides that, the Pandavas are so angry because what they what have been done to them. And on top of everything, <clears throat> they are pious, they are virtuous. So Dharma will be there on their side. And on top of everything, Krishna is on their side. So nothing can actually defeat them. No one can defeat them. And then, so the preparation is started, arrangement for gathering the force has started. So then Duryodhan decided to go to Krishna. And Arjun also decided to go to Krishna. Duryodhan thought that he would go and get Krishna to side with him. So they all arrived practical the same day, same time, in the early in the morning. Duryodhan came before Arjuna and he took the seat next to Krishna's head. So Arjuna came afterwards and he took his seat at Krishna's feet on his bed. 
So when Krishna opened his eyes, he saw Arjun and asked, Arjun, when did you come? And Duryodhan immediately jumped up, said, I came before, I came before him, I came first. <laughs> Krishna said, you may have come before, but Arjun is the one I saw first. Therefore I am. So Duryodhan kept on insisting, because I came first, you must side with me. And Krishna said, okay, both of you came. So let's uh, make a pro proposal. I'll be in one side. In whichever side I will be, I won't touch any weapon. I won't fight the battle. I won't fight with any weapon. And on the other side will be my entire army. Narayani Sena. So this is it's up to you now to decide who you want. It's up to you to decide who you want. And, but since Arjun is younger, Arjun should get the first preference, first choice. So then Arjun said, Krishna, I'll take you. And Durjadhan, although didn't show externally, but internally, he jumped with joy. What a fool! <laughs> Krishna is not going to hold any weapon. Krishna is not going to fight the battle. And he will just be there. And on the other hand, his entire army. So who wants, who is so fool to make a decision like that? Now this is the problem with the mundaneness. They don't see who Krishna is. Whereas a devotee knows that Krishna is, if Krishna is with you, then everything is with you. You don't, Krishna doesn't even have to hold any weapon. Krishna doesn't even have to touch the weapon. Krishna doesn't even have to be in the battlefield even, driving the chariot. If Krishna is with you, victory is yours. So that is, a, that is an understanding of a devotee. That is the difference between a materialistic person and a devotee. You have devotee simply wants Krishna because he knows when you have Krishna, you have everything. Day before yesterday, Jayatita Maharaj in his class made a very nice point in this respect. That <coughs> the absolute truth, the absolute truth with his form, is impersonal. And the absolute supreme personality without his potency is not God. God is God because he's a person and he has his potency. God without potency is a human being. That's the simple one. Now a non-devotees cannot see the potency of the Lord. Therefore in their eyes he is just an ordinary person. And the impersonal is because they do not accept his form, they are simply caught up with the energy. They don't have any personal relationship with him, possibility of any personal relationship with him. So, <clears throat> then, at that time when the war became imminent, unavoidable, Vidura 
give some good advice to Dhritarashtra. But Dhritarashtra expresses his inability to follow those instructions because of his excessive attachment to Duryodhana. Dhritarashtra admitted that. This was Dhritarashtra's, uh, Dhritarashtra's defect. I mean, at one point, Vasudev came and told Dhritarashtra that in this battle, all your sons are going to die. You try to stop this battle by simply by making friends with the Pandavas. Give them their kingdom. They don't want anything else. Just give them their kingdom and they'll be happy. They'll become your friend. So in one hand, he actually gave the advice, the, 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 of the benefit of siding making alliance with the Pandavas and on the other side the loss of not doing that. And the loss, I mean, Vasudev is predicting. So who cannot believe that? But still Dhritarashtra said the same thing. I cannot, I cannot go against my son. He is, he actually, to Vasudev he told that he is not under my control. I can't control him. That was his point. At that point, actually, Vasudev told him that if you want, I can give you the vision that you can watch the battle. Dhritarashtra said that I can't watch my relatives and sons are being killed. So at that time, Vasudev gave the vision to Sanjay, who could, sitting in Hastinapur, he could actually watch what was happening in the battlefield. It's a transcendental television, TTV. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> so this is a, this was. Uh, uh, Durjadhan's folly, Durjadhan's mistake, Durjadhan, I'm sorry, Dhritarashtra's defect. And Durjadhan asked Bhishma how many days it would take him to annihilate the Kaurava army. So Bhishma told it would take him one month. Then Durjadhan asked uh, Dronacharya. Dronacharya estimated that it would take him one month to consume the Pandavan. Kripa estimated that it would take him two months. Ashwatthama vowed to extinguish the entire Pandavan in ten days. And Karna said it would take him five days. At that time, Bhishma laughed. He said, you can speak like that only when Pandavas are not here. <laughs> and he reminded him that what had happened. Whenever, so he reminded him, when they went to the Kammakavan, then he ran away. When they were stealing Virata's cows, Arjuna alone dealt with in the entire army. 
and Karna had to run away for his life. So he just kept on reminding Karna. Karna became furious. He said that he is always insulting me. Another time, another thing, they were estimating the power of different warriors, different generals. The power was Atiratha, Ratha, Maharatha, Rathi, and so in that calculation, Bhishma estimated Karna as half of a Rathi. <laughs> so Karna became furious and he gave the reason. He said, because of your curse that you achieve, that you'll be, you'll lose the battle and you're at the most critical time, the chariot will be, your chariot will be stuck in the heart. And this is how, and he said that, yes, you learned many weaponry, use of different weaponry, but Parshuram has cursed you that you'll forget to use them. So because of that, you are not in the category of even a rati, you are a half of a rati. So Karna became so upset that he said that if Bhishma goes to the battlefield, he won't go to the battlefield. So that's why when the battle started uh, and Bhishma was the general, Karna didn't want to, Karna did not fight. Karna was the back seat. And, <clears throat> and then the spies went and reported this message. Like we can see, what an expert spying system they had. Like what the Kauravas were discussing, Pandava spies were there and they went and reported that to Pandava. So then uh, when pa uh, uh, spies reported this conversation, to Maharaj Yudhishthir, Maharaj Yudhishthir asked Arjun how long it will take him to exterminate the enemy, the army of the enemy. Then Arjun looked at Krishna and said that if Krishna is with me, then in a wink of an eye I can wipe out the <laughs> When the battle started, the two enemies, two, so, two sides side were siding on each other. The Pandavas army was on the western side facing the enemy in the east. And Kaurava side was on the east facing the west. So that also is an indication that the Pandavas were in a favorable situation because they're facing east. East is auspicious. Facing east is auspicious. Therefore, according to Vastu, when you build a house, your entrance should be either on the east or north. East will bring spirituality, north will bring prosperity. North will bring money and east facing house will bring dharma. Where this way we can see that the Vedic science, Vedic culture is so profound, so scientific. <clears throat> At that time, Basdev came and informed Dhritarashtra that all his sons would die. And which I described. 
and Vasudev gave the vision to Sanjay. And Vasudev also told them, indicated that different evil omens are indicating doom. And he once again requested Dhritarashtra to give back their kingdom. So at that time, Sanjay started, and the battle is about to start, and Sanjay was narrating that, as you have seen in Bhagavad Gita. Now, <clears throat> all the great demigods, Gandharvas, Rishis, and demons also, Jakshas and Rakshasas, appeared in the sky to, wit to witness this heroic battle. And they were watching from the space. This battle is about to take place. But at that time, when the armies are just two, ar two armies are facing each other, all of a sudden, Yudhishthir Maharaj, when the battle is about to begin, Yudhishthir Maharaj took off his armor, dropped his weapon, and with the folded hands, he approached. He started to move towards the enemy. The enemies, the Kaurava side started to think that seeing their power, actually Kaurava side was much stronger than the Pandavas. Pandavas had seven Akshohini soldiers and the Kauravas had eleven Akshohini soldiers. Much stronger. Plus they had Bhishma, Drona, Kripa, Karna, Ashwatthama. And <clears throat> so they thought that now Yudhishthir Maharaj became nervous, afraid, and he probably has come to make a come to surrender himself, avoiding the war. And the four Pandavas and Krishna also followed Yudhishthir Maharaj to find out what's happening. But Yudhishthir Maharaj uh, just went and met the... First he went to Bhishma and offered obeisances and circumambulated him and asked his permission to fight with him. So we can see how righteous Yudhishthir Maharaj was. Before fighting with his superior, he took the permission. Arjun also did that. When Birat, they were stealing Birata's cows, Arjun shot an arrow that fell at Yudhishthir, uh, at uh, Bhishma's feet, another arrow at Drona's feet. And I think he, he also uh, threw another third arrow at Kripacharya's feet. In this way, in a Kshatriya way, he took their permission. So, <clears throat> Then Yudhishthir Maharaj went to Dronacharya, did the same. Oh, Bhishma actually told Yudhishthir, it's very good that you, uh, you did that. Otherwise, I would have cursed you. Now that you have displayed uh, this noble behavior, I want to give you a boon. So Yudhishthir Maharaj said, 
then please tell me how can you, how you can be killed. <laughs> Bhishma said, okay, in course, due course of time I'll tell you. And then he went to Dronacharya, did the same. Dronacharya also said the same thing. That if you hadn't come, uh, then I would have cursed you. Then he went to Kripacharya, then they went back. Then the, when the battle was about to begin, then Krishna told Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. At the beginning, uh, Bhishma, in the beginning of the battle, Bhishma was the general of commander-in-chief of the Kaurava side and Drishtadumna was the general in the Pandava side. And Bhishma was, <coughs> Bhishma made the arrangement and the, when the battle began, it said that when this Oh yeah, before that, let me also mention. Then the two generals actually came facing each other, faced each other. And they discussed about the, the code of, con of battle, code of warfare. That various Vedic codes are there. That this code shouldn't be broken. Like, if somebody is without arm, he shouldn't be attacked. If somebody is running away, he shouldn't be attacked from behind. And all those codes were, codes of conduct were repeated, both the general. But at the same time, Drishtadumna also made a point that if your side breaks the code, then we won't follow any code. And it is said that in Mahabharata, during the battle of Kurukshetra, all the codes or most of the codes of warfare were broken. Like we see, one code is that one should hit below the belt, not below the navel. But Bhima killed Durjadhan by hitting him on his thigh, which is below. Of course, it has been mentioned why Krishna actually reminded that to Balaram. When Balaram became very angry, Krishna told that, look, he took a vow to break his thigh. That's why if an Kshatriya takes a vow, then all the rules and code of conduct are not in action. Besides that, Jaimini cursed him. Therefore, he couldn't be. Uh, therefore, he had to be killed by hitting in his Another point that comes up in this respect, remember yesterday I was telling about the demons taking Durjadhan's subtle body to the lower planetary system and telling him about their plans and the purpose. They mentioned that they uh, performed great austerities and as a result of that, they, um, Lord Shiva came and as a blessing of Lord Shiva, they got Durjata to stand for their cause. And they described that Durjata's upper part was built by Lord Shiva. 
made by Lord Shiva, which was made of thunder. And his lower part was made by Durga, Mahamaya, with flowers. So his lower part, so his upper part was invincible, but his lower part was the only part that was made. So anyway, we can see that one incidence relates to another justifying the happenings. All the happenings have different causes and so that has, that comes out in Mahabharata in a very wonderful way. And ultimately Mahabharata actually proves the, <coughs> the, uh, the ultimate arrangement by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, either directly through Jogamaya or through Mahamaya. Through Mahamaya means Gunai Karmani Sarvasaya. And Jogamaya means her arrangement. But her arrangement is also not whimsical or erratical. Jogamaya's arrangement also is perfectly rational. Anyway, <coughs> so when the battle started, then it when, and the two sides clashed with each other. The dust rose in such a way that the sky became dark. It became all around it became dark. And the fight started. They, they faced each other in that fight. Maharaj Yudhishthir encountered Shalya. and piercing him with numerous arrows and Shalva retaliated by breaking Yudhishthira's bow in half. Picking up another bow, Yudhishthira Maharaj pierced Shalva more violently. Shattaki rushed to Kritabharma and with arrows and Kritabharma counteracted by covering Shattaki with so many arrows that Satwaki lo looked like a porcupine. <laughs> these people, these warriors, I mean, we can see that, I mean, they, in a way, they were not in body consciousness. That's one thing in the mode of passion. They're extremely into body consciousness, but they're in a way totally unaffected by bodies. Like their descriptions, when an arrow just goes and pierces the forehead, nothing happens to the person. That's what happened. I'll just mention that. Then, and with so many arrows, just at the beginning of the war, pierced his body all over, that the arrows were sticking in his body. All over. All over. Then Bhima and Durjadhan fought furiously so that both soon become covered with hundreds of arrows. Dushashan rushed to Nakul and pierced him with many arrows while Nakul retaliated by knocking down his flag, breaking his bow and piercing him with 20 arrows. Then Dhrishtadumna rushed to Drona and Dhrishtaketu encountered Balik. Ghatatkaj fought 
with Alambush and pierced him with many arrows. Shikhandi fought with Ashutthama, while Kripa fought with Brihadrat and enveloped him with showers of arrows. And soon the battlefield became uh, a sea of covered, a sea of severed heads, beheaded bodies, arms, legs. Some warriors were crushed to death by maddened elephants. Others had their inside cut out by swords and axes. So, some warriors had their heads smashed by messes, while others were trampled to death by the onrush of thousands of soldiers. Virat's son, Shweta, fought. He was of the uh, notable personalities, he was the first one to die in the hands of Bhishma. It was very sad, like, he was fighting so valiantly, young boy, but finally Bhishma killed him. He was giving a tough time to Bhishma, but Bhishma killed him. At the end of the day, uh, the Pandavas suffered a great loss. And the Kauravas were real. They were winning. So they felt that they are going to undoubtedly win the battle. But this is another thing that according to Vedic calculation, that is better to have a bad start than a good start. <laughs> it's better to suffer loss at the beginning. So the loss was so severe, so great, that Yudhishthira Maharaj felt that since Bhishma is unconquerable and immortal practically, it will be better to give up the fight. He felt that Bhishma is the general and, and the way Bhishma actually fought, he, that day, he wiped out 10,000 foot soldiers. 1,000 charioteers, 700 elephants. So, can, like, it was a great loss for the Pandava side. And so, uh, Yudhishthira Maharaj was uh, about to surrender. He felt that this battle is is impossible to win. So better give up. Why unnecessarily go through all these losses? At that time, Krishna actually told him, Krishna assured him that don't worry, Shikhandi is born to kill Bhishma. So it's not that Bhishma is impossible to defeat. <coughs> On the third day, uh, you all know this incident that took place on the third day. On the third day, uh, Bhishma was fighting in such a terrible way. I mean, he was wiping out the enemies, Pandava soldiers, in every direction. And so at that time, 
Krishna jumped out of the chariot and he picked up the wheel of a broken chariot and he attacked, he rushed towards Bhishma to kill him. Bhishma also dropped his weapon and with folded hands he started to offer prayers to Krishna. At that time Arjun rushed, ran after Krishna and he couldn't stop Krishna. Then finally he just got hold of Krishna's feet and prevented him from going any further. And he reminded Krishna that you took a vow that you are not going to touch anywhere, but please don't break your vow. You said, took a vow that you won't take part in this battle. So this also makes a very important point here. That in order to protect his devotee, in order to favor his devotee, Krishna will even break his own promise. That's why Krishna doesn't make the promises. Krishna tells his devotees make the promises. Just like Kontya Pratijani hi Name Bhakta Pradeshita. Arjun declare boldly that my devotee will never vanquish, my devotee will never perish. And in the purport, Prabhupada mentioned that Krishna did that because Krishna sometimes makes his promises. So one may think, oh, Krishna is making the promise, but he may break it. Therefore, Krishna made Arjun to make that promise. Through Arjun, he made this promise. So, so then Arjun, actually Krishna was telling Arjun, Arjun, you are not fighting here to full strength. So Arjun actually gave the assurance to Krishna at that time that okay I will fight and I will fight in such a way uh, that uh, that I would annihilate all the Kurus without any hesitation. And that day Arjun uh, killed 10,000 chariot warriors just in one time. and many others. So Duryodhana actually thought that they will do a quick job out of this battle because their side is so much stronger. He thought one or two days the battle will be won. But eight days went by, nothing happened. So they made a, uh, Duryodhana had a conference with Shakuni, Dushashan and Karna and they consulted that he told, Durjadhan told Karna that how his army is being exterminated because Bhishma, Drona, Kripa, Shalva and Bhagadatta were not fighting wholeheartedly. So at that time Karna suggested that ask Bhishma to step down, to step aside, then he would enter the battlefield and kill all the Pandavas and their allies. So Durjanan was so shameless, he actually goes and proposes to Bhishma. 
tells him that either and he tells him either kill the Pandavas or step down. So Bhishma at that time told him that Arjun, I mean Duryodhan, time and time in again I told you that Arjun with Krishna on his side is undefeated. And you have seen it also. So many times you have been defeated. Your army has been defeated. And now you are putting the blame on others. You are so envious. Bhishma was furious and Bhishma then, <clears throat> then told that, okay, I will fight with my full valor, but I can tell you, there is no way you are going to win the battle. So then, that next day, Bhishma, that is the ninth day, Bhishma fought so valiantly that the Pandava side was totally devastated. And so then what to do? Like they, they started to make their... Uh, on that night, Krishna said, look, let's go to Bhishma. And Bhishma actually gave Yudhishthira uh, uh, Maharaj the assurance that he would tell him how he could be killed. So they went to Bhishma, Krishna, Arjun, Yudhishthira Maharaj. And Yudhishthira Maharaj asked him, how could he be killed? Then Bhishma disclosed two things. He said that as long as he has weapon in his hands, no one can kill him. And he also told the story of how Shikhandi has been born to kill him. And Shikhandi is, uh, Shikhandi was a woman first. Shikhandi was first born as a woman and then he became a man by the blessing of one Jaksha. So, <clears throat> so, because Shikhandi was a woman, Bhishma had a vow that he would not shoot at any woman. So he suggested that let Shikhandi, Arjun, have placed Shikhandi in the front and then Bhishma will stop fighting. He will drop his weapon. Then Arjun and Shikhandi can shoot arrows at him. So next day, that's what they did. Shikhandi was in front. And they were, fight, they were fighting. And Bhishma dropped his weapon. Arjun was shooting and Shikhandi was shooting. Bhishma at that time actually declared that it is the Arjun's arrows that are actually coming to him as thunderbolts. But Shikhandi's arrows are of no consequence, like pinpricks. <laughs> and as you know, like Bhishma's whole body was pierced with arrows. Arjun shoot the arrows that went through his body. So many hundreds, thousands of arrows pierced his body. And his body fell out of the chariot. It didn't touch the ground. It fell on a bed of arrows. 
So his head was hanging down. The body was lying on a bit of arrow. So at, when Bhishma fell, both the Kaurava warriors and Pandava warriors came to see him, came by his side. And <clears throat> Bhishma was uh, completely peaceful. And Bhishma at one point told that he was feeling discomfort, that his head is hanging down. So Durjodhan immediately arranged for uh, soft pillows and cushions. <laughs> but Bhishma said, no, no, this is not what I want. So Arjun, understanding Bhishma's mind, he shot three arrows. And that to prop Bhishma's head. Bhishma accepted that. Bhishma also said that he was very thirsty. So Durjadhan made arrangements for water to be brought in. He said, no, no, I don't want this water. And Arjun shoot an arrow at the ground that brought water from the bottom of the earth, from the depth of the earth. And Bhishma drank that. And in this way, Bhishma actually fell on the tenth day. And the eleventh day, no, that night, Karna also went to meet Bhishma. And Bhishma told Karna at that time that he is actually the son of Kunti. Bhishma, before that, he told Durjadhan to stop the fight. And, but Durjadhan would listen to him. At night, Karna came to see Bhishma and beg forgiveness. So Bhishma at that time told him. Because Karna often had been very insulting to Bhishma. And so he came to beg forgiveness. Bhishma then told him that that is all right, but uh, you are actually the son of Kunti. So Karna and you uh, side with Yudhishthir, with your natural brothers. Because of your ignorance, you are taking, you are going against them, but actually they are your brothers. But Karna told him that he can't, further, he can't do that because of his friendship with Durjadhan. He can't. And so this is how we can see that how Karna was bound by his friendship with Durjodhana. On the eleventh day, Drona was installed as the commander-in-chief of the Kaurava army. Then when Drona became the commander-in-chief, he wanted to give Durjodhan a benediction. Durjodhan said then, bring Yudhishthir Maharaj, Yudhishthir alive to me. Bring Yudhishthir. And he told, Dronacharya told that he can do that. He can possibly uh, uh, capture Yudhishthir if Arjun is not there because he can't defeat Arjun. He could not defeat Arjun. 
So Drona very much tried to do that, tried to capture Yudhishthira, but uh, <coughs> he could not. So at the end of the day he told Duryodhana, I'm sorry, because of Arjun I can't. Then it was decided that if someone could challenge Arjun and take Arjun away from Yudhishthira Maharaj, then Dronacharya probably would be able to capture him. And then Susharma volunteered to do that. Who is Susharma? Uh, the king of the three Gartas. So he volunteered to do that. And so with 20,000 three Gartha charioteers, he wanted to take Arjuna away to another side of the battlefield. <clears throat> so Arjun could see that, that this has been uh, their arrangement. So Arjun appointed Satyajit as Yudhishthira's protector. And he told Yudhishthira that Satyajit will give, until I, he has his life in his body, he will give you protection. But if Satyajit dies, then you leave the battlefield. Otherwise, the Drona will try to capture And Satyajit fought valiantly with the joint attack of the Kauravas. But finally, his head was severed by Drona. And But at that time, uh, Jud, uh, but Yudhishthira Maharaj, the Drona could not capture Yudhishthira Maharaj. Bhagadatta, another very valiant warrior from Kaurava's side, caused a massive massacre on the Pandava army. Arjun came to fight with him, and after a great battle, Bhagadatta empowered his elephant hook. He was fighting. He had an elephant, huge elephant, actually. The war elephants are big, but this elephant of Bhagadatta was like a mountain. Bhagadatta was fighting from his elephant, and being desperate on that, in that fighting, Bhagadatta, he took the, the elephant hook, that, that sort of goat, to charge the elephant, they hook it. So he empowered this hook uh, with uh, and made it into a uh, Vishnu Astra. And made it a Vaishnava weapon. And he hurled it towards Arjuna. So <clears throat> at that time, Krishna just stood in front of Arjuna and took the weapon on his chest. And that weapon immediately turned into a flower garland, <laughs> Vajayanti garland, and hung on Krishna's, <laughs> Krishna's neck. Seeing that Arjuna was very unhappy, he told that, he told Krishna, Krishna, you promised, you took a vow that you are not going to take part in the battle. Why are you doing this? 
Then Krishna told Arjun that uh, he gave Bhumi the benediction that her son Narakasura would get Vaishnava weapon so that he would not be able to be slain by either demigods or demons. Because of this, uh, Bhumi, Bhumi was, was the mother, Mother Earth became the mother of a demon called Narakasura, who was born of Varahadeva. So, he actually gave Bhumi this weapon. And this weapon was given to Bhagadatta, Vaishnava weapon, by Narakasura. And he mentioned that no one can escape this with his life when this terrible weapon, weapon is invoked against him. Therefore, he had to violate his promise and neutralize the weapon for Arjun's sake. So you see how Krishna protects? He would even break his own vow to protect his devotees. And in the battle of Kurukshetra, many, many times we see how Krishna actually protected Arjun. Like, remember the chariot? He made the chariot sink so that that Ashwashen, the serpent in the form of a weapon, was to kill Arjun. That was neutralized. <coughs> anyway, let me quickly run through this. Uh, so, being frustrated, then I, yeah, so finally Arjun killed Bhagadatta's elephant and then struck Bhagadatta in the chest with two powerful arrows and killed him. Arjun killed Bhagadatta. Then Dronacharya, Durjodhan uh, insulted Dronacharya for being partial. He said, because of your affection for Arjun and the Pandavas, you are not fighting properly. He just kept on insulting him. So at that time, Dronacharya took a vow that next day he would kill one of the leading warriors of the Pandava side. He took a vow. And next day he created a formation called Chakra Guha on the 13th day. And that caused a terrible damage to the Pandava army. Now, when this Chakra Guha, through the Chakra Guha, when he made the attack, the Pandavas couldn't really stand against it. Stand against the enemy. And this, to penetrate that Buha, this army arrangement, the arrangement of uh, phalanx, only four persons knew how to penetrate them. Arjun, Pradumna, and Krishna. And Abhimanyu knew how to enter, but didn't know how to come out. So, <coughs> So, uh, and there is a story behind that also. There is an incident behind that. When Abhimanyu was in the womb of the mother, then Arjun was telling Subhadra about the arrangement of Chakra Puha and how to penetrate it. And sitting in his mother's womb, Abhimanyu heard it. And that's how he learned how to penetrate Chakra Puha. But when... Arjun started to describe how to come out of it, Subhadra fell asleep. And that's why Abhimanyu did not know how to come out of it. 
So Arjun is away fighting somewhere else. Uh, Trigartas uh, took him away in another side of the battlefield. And there is no way uh, to, on, to stop that onslaught of Dronacharya. So then Yudhish, knowing that Abhimanyu knew how to enter, Yudhishthira Maharaj proposed that uh, they, Abhimanyu breaks that phalanx, enters in, and they would follow them. But Abhimanyu, so Abhimanyu agreed. But Abhimanyu's chariot driver warned him that please think about it twice because you do not know how to come out. And but Abhimanyu said, okay, that's all right, we'll go. But all the others are going to come, Yudhishthir and Bhim and other warriors would come. So that would be all right. But that day what happened? That day, just as Abhimanyu entered into the enemy line, Jayadrath blocked the way. And Jayadrath had the benediction from Mahadev, from Lord Shiva, that one day he would be able to defeat the Pandavas, accepting Arjuna. And they fought, and they could not. Not a single person could enter into the palace. But when Abhimanyu entered there, he caused a massive havoc. He, uh, he killed, first Karna's younger brother came to confront with Abhimanyu. Abhimanyu with a single arrow beheaded, chopped his head off. Then Shalla's son, Rukma Ratha, came to attack Abhimanyu, but he was also killed. Then Durjadhana attacked Abhimanyu, and he was wounded and he retreated. Seeing Durjadhana fleeing, the soldiers of his army, they were in great confusion and they also started to run. Because their king is fleeing. So Karmakodava army began to break formation and run away. Therefore, Drona, Ashwatthama, Karna, Kripa, Kritavarma and Durjadhan's son Lakshman rushed to Abhimanyu. They jointly attacked Abhimanyu. But then Abhimanyu attacked all of them and Everyone retreated except Lakshman, Durjadhan's son. Durjadhan came to support his, came to the support of his son. However, with one arrow, Abhimanyu killed him. Durjadhan's son. I mean, this battle is so terrible actually. The father is seeing the son dying right in front of him. So then. <clears throat> Six warriors, Drona, Kripa, Karna, Ashwatthama, Brihadwal, and Kritavarma jointly attacked Abhimanyu. Abhimanyu killed Brihadwal. In great anxiety, Durjadhan went to Dronacharya and asked him, please tell me how to deal with this boy. Abhimanyu was just 16 years old at that time. And he was slaughtering the, inside the enemy camp, he is causing a devastation. So Dronacharya said that as long as Abhimanyu has a weapon in his hand, nobody can defeat him. So then Durjadhan told Karna that cut his weapon. 
So the bow that he was fighting with, Karna, from behind, not from the front. Because from the front he couldn't have done that. From behind, hiding, he cut the arrow, cut the bow. And then Kritavarma killed the horses of Abhimanyu's chariot. And Kripa killed the driver, Kripa chariot. So jointly they attacked Abhimanyu. But still Abhimanyu grabbed his sword and jumped in the air. But Drona broke up. Actually, anyway, so Drona broke Abhimanyu's sword with an arrow. And Karna smashed his shields to pieces. Abhimanyu picked up a broken wheel, the wheel of a broken chariot, and started to fight. And then finally, that also was cut. Then Dushashan's son came with a mess and smashed his head when he was unarmed. So Dronacharya's promise that one of the Principal warriors of the Kuru side, Pandava side, will be killed. So he fulfilled his promise, but Yudhishthira Maharaj was completely devastated because he felt that because of him, that Abhimanyu died. Because he gave him the assurance that he would come, but he didn't succeed. And. Then Krishna consoled the Pandavas and Yudhishthira Maharaj. And Krishna then told the background. That when Krishna decided to come, then he also suggested that the demigods should come and take birth in the Jadu dynasty. Jadu, Bhojan, Andhak and Vishnu dynasty. And so the demigods, headed by Indra, was planning who should go. So when they uh, uh, approached Somdev, the moon god, and asked him to send his son, he was reluctant because he was very, very fond of his son, Barja. But the demigods appealed to him that it's only for a short while he let him go. So Somdev agreed to let his son go only for 16 years. <coughs> 16 years means for the demigods' calculation, it's 16 days. And he made a condition that his son would become the son of Arjun. And after performing an heroic feat that will earn him everlasting fame, during the great war of uh, everlasting fame, uh, that during the great this Mahabharat war, Kurukshetra war, he would wipe out one quarter of the enemy soldiers in half a day. And then he would fall and then he would So that's what Abhimanyu did. I mean, this son of Somdev is Barja became Abhimanyu. And that was his just the day when he completed his 16 years. That was his 16th birthday. 
and uh, from this description we can understand that in half a day he wiped out one quarter of the Kaurava army. Kauravas had 11 Akshohini. Maybe that 11 Akshohini was reduced to 8 Akshohini by that time. Or maybe even 6 Akshohini. So that means in one day he wiped out one and a half Akshohini. So this is how Krishna telling that incident, he pacified the Pandavas. But Arjun, when he got the news and he heard how Jayadrat actually blocked the way that Pandavas could not enter, that he took a vow that the next day he would either kill Jayadrat by the end of the day or he himself would enter into so when the Kaurava side got to know about this, this terrible vow of Arjun, they began to rejoice. They began to rejoice, saying, Oh, now all we have to do is just protect Jayadrat. And if Jayadrat can be protected for just one day, then Arjun is going to give up his body. So, this is the best way, easiest way to win the victory. And Durjadhan told Dronacharya to make all the arrangements to protect Jayadra. That would be his business that day. Just give protection. And Dronacharya made an arrangement of army in such a way that it was practically invincible. Even, uh, anyway, so <coughs> they were, the entire army was guarding Jayadrat. But Arjun started to make his way with Krishna. Like layer after layer they were progressing through the army. Their army. And then it was almost the day was coming to an end. And they still haven't come to face Jayadrat. So at that time, Krishna released his Sudarshan Chakra and covered the sun. And everyone thought, now the day is over. The sun has set. And they all started to rejoice. Now Arjun is dead. Arjun is dead. So when everyone was completely defenseless in this way. They gave up their fight. At that time, Krishna just really removed the Sudarshan Chakra and sun came up again on the sky. <laughs> and at that time, Arjun released his arrow to chop the head of Jayadra. But Krishna told Arjun, Jayadrat's father, Bhintakshatra, upon hearing that Jayadrat would die in a battlefield in this way, he got a benediction or he asked for a benediction from Lord Brahma that, Brahma, Lord Shiva, that 
whoever will cause Jayadra's head to fall on the ground, his head would split in hundred pieces. So he uh, told that to Arjun. And he told Arjun to shoot, keep shooting arrows in such a way that the head would just keep flying <laughs> without falling on the ground. And it would drop on Vrindakshetra, whose father, who was meditating in the Himalayas, would fall on his lap. So that's what Arjun did, such an expert archer. <laughs> so Jayadrat's head landed on Vrindakshetra's lap, his father's lap. And seeing something on his thing and his own son's head, he got a shock. He just stood up with a start. He jumped up. And his head fell on the ground. <laughs> and immediately his head split into hundreds. So this is how Jayadrat was killed. And <clears throat> on the fifth, this is the fourteenth day, fifteenth day, Dronacharya died. That also, as you all know, Dronacharya was invincible. Krishna told that the only way you can make Dronacharya to drop his weapon is when he hears that his son Ashwatthama is dead. So, he told Yudhishthir Maharaj to announce that. But Yudhishthir Maharaj declined. So then Krishna told Bhim, Bhim, there's an elephant called Ashwatthama, go and kill it. So, Bhima went and in a flash of a moment, he just killed that elephant. And then Krishna said, now you can, Yudhishthira, now you can tell that Ashwatthama is there. So Yudhishthira Maharaj said, Ashwatthama is dead. The Sanskrit structure would be, Ashwatthama is dead, the elephant. Ashwatthama hata iti gaj. But Ashwatthama hata, as he said, Ashwatthama hata, Krishna blew the conch <laughs> And Dronacharya couldn't hear the other half. So he dropped his weapon. At that time, all the great sages appeared in the sky and told Dronacharya, You're a Brahmana, what are you doing? You're causing the death of so many warriors, killing all these soldiers. This is not the business of a Brahmana. So in this way, they advised and Dronacharya then dropped his weapon and sat 